0: empower everybody and that might require us to actually stop and think about what does this conversation look like and and in that remember as humans every single one of us has an innate need and we saw this during the pandemic we have a need to be seen heard and understood
1: today's show is brought to you in partnership with international justice mission thank you to philip Calvert and his team for the incredible work they do to bring awareness to the global problem of modern day slavery I'm proud to share with my audience that I have formalized my relationship with IGMs for becoming one of their Canadian ambassadors. Why? Because I believe we can end slavery in our lifetime and I want to use my platform to be part of that mission. For many of you, hearing that statement may be a rallying cry. For the US, it may be a moment of, wait, what? Slavery? Is that even a thing? For me, up to 12 to 18 months ago, it was the second. I did not even understand the problem or that it existed at the scale that it does. Currently, there are over 40 million people affected by modern day slavery. 40 million people. After a chance meeting with Philip Calvert, National Director of Development for IGM Canada, my eyes were open to the reality that poor people face the world over, a reality of violence that stops them from ever moving forward in their life. At first, this made me uncomfortable. Then it made me downright mad. But then it gave me hope. It is support of groups like IGM that will allow us to reach the goal of any slavery in our lifetime and give hope to people who may have none. I know this can be an uncomfortable conversation, and that is okay. That's why we're going to go on this journey together. Stay tuned as we host guests from IGM who will help educate us, as well as upcoming events that where we can meet the amazing people that make the work they do a reality. Please join me in supporting this incredible organization by visiting and donating to their cause at www.igm.ca. We will only succeed in ending slavery in our lifetime if we work together to make a difference. Hello, and a Warm Collisions YYC, welcome to a returning guest, someone who I am happily, I'm very, very proud and very honored to be the first inaugural member into the Five Timers Club, Miss Jenny Gilbert. How are you doing, Jenny? I'm
0: good, thank you. And oh, here I, again.
1: <laughs> you are, Yes, you are again, backed by popular demand or Ooh. certainly uh, I love having you on the show. And yes, yes, my audience also likes to listen and always get, we always get fantastic feedback and some great downloads on your episodes. I think it's because we have fabulous conversations. I think your accent has also something to do with it, but I, I, I'm not trying to unpack the algorithm of why it works. But more importantly, I think we talk about i don't think we talk about things that are relevant we think that are that are topical we talk about mm, sometimes the space in between about what's going on in our workplace environments in all the worlds that we in in the place that we spend the majority often of our time which is at work and as the past couple years has unfolded i won't use the big the big p word so much more of it i think has become top of mind and certainly for me i've shifted my views and i'm having a lot of different conversations with the leaders managers and senior people in my life that are trying to do more and do better For their people, so I think these conversations are also resonating at a deeper level. So, just for anybody who hasn't had the privilege, you are facilitator, corporate training school of business at Sate. You've been at Sate for a good a good period of time. So, maybe just like let's set the stage here. Tell us a little bit what what does your daily life look like, and then let's get into our topic of today, which is going to be quiet quitting.
0: Okay, so my (laughs) my day depends on the day, truly, Tyler. I do lots of things. I wear lots of different hats. Most of my life is Facilitating, which really break it down, is about having good, good conversation with leaders, contributors, teams in the corporate world. And in corporate, we include not-for-profit and in everything from small to large to mid organizations. And my world, by my design, is in nothing sensible and no numbers so I get to talk about all I, I love. You've never
1: shared that with me before. I'm glad we oh, lost it. So five true. so I can hear that definition. And, and
0: <laughs> if any of my dear family members are listening, they're like, yeah, no, she doesn't do numbers. Um, <laughs> Nothing
1: sensible and no numbers. No,
0: because so and you Fairly really qualitative
1: well. and certainly not quantitative.
0: <laughs> Definitely. But it's that space in between and it's that okay. human space. And that's what keeps it alive. That's why I've been doing what I do for so long, because every single day is different.
1: I might as well say, it, cause it's going to come out the messy bits of being human. Cause you I think said we, it first. We, that works its way into every you said episode it first. Yeah. and we will say it again, folks. So we, we're we okay to embra- embrace, the, embrace the, embrace, the messy for the joke, embrace the suck. I don't know if I love that one, but I do love embrace the messy because mm-hmm. guess what? If you don't, it's still, it's not going to make it not, it's going to make it not happen. So you and I, after, you know, we do an episode and usually about a month later, I'll give you a call and be like, Hey, what are we going to talk about next? And you and I had that conversation a few weeks ago, right in the midst of I'd just been hit with a few articles and a few friends and some conversations with with people in leadership. Going, what is going on with quiet quitting? What is this? You know, we, well, we went from the Great Resignation, and as a marketer, I love a good title or a good tag or something that maybe gets overused <laughs> and probably gets misappropriated, but it gets people's attention and it starts to stick and become part of a vernacular that six months ago wasn't wasn't there, or maybe was you know a, a bird of a different feather or a different name. Quiet quitting. Let's define it from your perspective. What does that mean? Let's let's get let's leave people because probably people haven't heard of it, but a lot a lot of my audience probably has.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, my son summed it up brilliantly, and he said, "Mum, isn't that just a cool alliteration?" And somebody really liked it. And I, oh, yeah, it works. That was that's a good reason to pull people in. And and to your point, quiet quitting has been around for years. Like I think if you dig back in there. Harvard Business Review, the first article technically on it might have been about 17 years ago. Like this, it isn't really very new, but it's hit us. And I think it, those kind of things when they get traction is because people feel it and they're like, yeah, or yes, that's what I'm up to. So what is it? There's no real definition at this time, this present that you could actually put quiet quitting is this from the perspective, it depends who you're looking at it, like which perspective you're looking at it from. So from a leader's perspective, we're looking at people who are they're simply doing their job is what it boils down to. So they've pulled back anything extra, they've pulled back all the extra hours. And that was something that we did see, as you just called it, during that P time. Um, but the mm-hmm. pandemic caused us to work, a lot of people to work longer, to work harder, I'm not really quite sure why, but that's what happened and, and guilty as charged. And then <laughs> on the other side, what's going on for the employer? So why why quiet quit if you could loudly quit? Why isn't that conversation happening? And then I, get, I dive down the rabbit holes of is it disillusion, Is it burnout? Is it simply disengagement? And then we're into that whole culture conversation. So from an organizational point of view, what have we been focusing on and in the cases where this is a, a big part of what's happening in organizations my guess is the focus hasn't been on leadership and culture
1: i really appreciate it. like this is not nothing i was reading a harvard business review this morning but this is september 15th, 2020 and you know not that i would ever blame harvard business review for this but magazines are famous for repositioning the title mm-hmm. changing some words and going hey let this is this is yeah. you know uh, not nothing new uh, uh, lack of discretionary effort or when you lose discretionary effort, that's when you really lose that true value of an employee. You know, the only thing worse than them quitting and leaving is quitting and staying. I've heard that joke before. Yeah. And all of a sudden now we've called it quiet quitting and I love a good alliteration so I really appreciate your sense. My, it's my favorite guilty uh, literary pleasure. And a good alliteration, I feel so childish but it always makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah, it does.
0: It works. Absolutely
1: works. We, we got to get a few more cues in there if we're really going to rock that. But that's well, that's another, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a post-episode pro- project. Uh, so, you touched on something I really want to unpack because there's part of me that reads this and I have, I've been an employee. I've been, I'm a vendor partner to the majority of our clients. I'm also a business owner. So I have people that quote unquote work for me. I like to think work with me, but in the roles and the reality, they might not look at it that way. These are people that just decided to just do their job. So at its root level, you're like, well, uh, okay, okay, yeah, and what else were they supposed to do? But it also makes me realize how much as organizations and like that competitive advantage we often look for for our people is it the value that they create inside the scope of their we're just going to pick an eight-hour day for the fun of it i know very okay. few people yeah. live in that world anymore yeah. but let's we've got to put some kind of guardrails around this conversation and a, and a role description that i think companies are notoriously sometimes poor and even lazy at writing when that competitive advantage is is the them being a good corporate citizen which i was reading the word citizenship a little bit this morning which was new to me of i think global citizen you know citizenship yeah. versus corporate it's a really interesting balance when what were we kind of trading on as organizations anyways, if the discretionary effort was actually where the value showed up and the other was just kind of the base play. Talk to me a little bit about your thoughts, even around how you, how that resonates with you where how much were we getting it wrong before that's allowed this to be, well, geez, without this, this employee really isn't giving the value that we're looking for. It sounds like it's kind of broken right out of the gate.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's really, is fascinating. And I, I agree with you. I think if we look back in time, our work was quite transactional. And so our contract was transactional. I show up for this time until this time and I do this. And that's where the job description came out. And we're so much further on. It's like in everything that we look at in organizations now, we, really we ought to have had a funeral for job descriptions. And, <laughs> and the minute that funeral should have happened was when that line that, that it shows up everywhere and anything else deemed necessary or anything else deemed appropriate, boom that's aka
1: whatever we feel like throwing on your plate
0: yeah, absolutely <laughs> no and you
1: have to own that as a, as a leadership or a management team because that's a culture for sure I'll throw it throw it at, at so-and so because they're they're a quote unquote high performer they'll get they'll get it done probably in their personal time
0: <laughs> uh, there you go and so what we originally did was we we gave time and now as we look much more at that sort of employee experience well not now just prior to now is I used to give you I would give you me. So when I work for you, I, I pretty much I vote for you and the job that you've given me with my life, like we're talking 70,000 hours here for an average person. And so much more of me went into that. And in a lot of cases that works, there's that discretionary effort part that you were talking about and what causes discretionary effort may be at the root of all of this. Mm -hmm. And then now with everything that's happened in the past three years, I think we have people saying, you know what, I just, I don't want this anymore. And I'm actually not as afraid of that unknown as I was before, because everybody's doing it because I know I can change this. And so I don't think we can put our finger exactly on it. But I think we have a number of different factors. And so in your organization, you've really got to stop and look at what is going on for our employees. If this is a um, a trend within our organization, what's actually happening for us?
1: And I guess and this is maybe an impossible question. Is it really a trend? like a bunch of news articles mm. and a bunch of noise on my social yeah. feeds can make something look like a trend or it can be we are in the media, we love pointing at train wrecks. we love pointing at like oh, that it's fear and anxiety, let's go look at, it. let's click on that. Is it a trend do we know or are we also naming something that was already that's kind of always been happening in ebbs and flows in organizations for years like you've already pointed out. Mm-hmm.
0: So there, I forget who wrote it. There is an article out there that says quiet quitting is a fake trend period. Okay. And (laughs) so that's their point of view. And I think it's always been around and I think it's got some traction in that social media part. And I think there's some really important messages for anybody running a team, a department, an organization, because when it gets traction, like I don't reshare something if I can't be bothered with it. I don't talk about it lots if I don't care. So, yeah, I I can't answer the question is it a trend? I don't have that knowledge. But we and and too in the last couple of weeks, if I mention quiet quitting to an audience, but as I say, micromanagement, people are like yep yep, tell me more. What can I do? So it's real.
1: And I'm I'm gonna play the devil's. I don't know if this is even playing devil's advocate. If it gets the right conversations going, then I kind of don't care.
0: <laughs> um, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like,
1: if this is something we need to talk about and there's people in your organization that are feeling disillusioned or you yourself are feeling disillusioned, I don't want to undermine the fact that as a leader, you can often feel, you can often feel this way. I give and give. And this is like, it does go all across the board. And yeah. Uh, so from, well, you and I have talked about emotional intelligence. We've talked about a psychological safety. So if we're going to go, this is a reason to have a conversation what is it then the conversation that you would then be having? Is it all of the six leadership intelligences or is there certain areas that's just pushing us back into like, well, let's talk about psychological safety because that's really what this is about. What, what, what is it driving back? Because there's always the fundamentals and then there's the little, you know, the clusters that kind of push us back into the pillars, which are good leadership and places that we all want at work mm-hmm. and whatever, whatever work means to us, just as a, as, as a loose term. So what's the real conversation that you think we should be having that this is inspiring us to have? <laughs>
0: I'm going to answer that for you, but I want to um, catch something that you said that's really important. Leaders can quiet quick too, right up to your senior management. They pull back and just make day-to-day decisions rather strategic. There's a version there as well. Mm. Um, In terms of the conversation and and the six intelligences, so the way I look at it, psychological safety and trust is your absolute base foundation. Emotional intelligence is your delivery system. That's how you show up and how you Mm. come across. And then here, if, if we want to align it to an intelligence, we're talking about social intelligence, we're talking about culture, and we're talking about people. And so that conversation, when that conversation happens, whether it's the employee that decides to be loud in it, and therefore we're looking at those assertive skills and how do I have that conversation, or whether it's the leader who says, okay, there's something happening here. When was the last time I listened to my people? And I don't mean, I'm to say this out loud. I don't mean send an engagement survey out. It really <laughs> thank does. You
1: for, thank you for quantifying. For God's sakes, do not send another engagement survey and say I, that you're doing engagement.
0: <laughs> no, like if you want to engage your people, engage your people. Like Go have a conversation. And when you're when you're the leader that's going to find out what's going on, that means not you talking. That means listening and and seriously listen to what they have to say. There's examples, companies in Europe that they, who was it? Happy. I'm sure I've quoted them on one of our podcasts before. I went down the
1: happy rabbit hole based on your recommendation.
0: Yeah, I, I like what he does. Henry Stewart is the CEO there, but every two weeks they go and they listen to their people. And the metrics speak for themselves. Like everybody who wants to put a measure on this and all the rest of you, you put a measure on engagement survey. That's easy. Those you run the thing. Those
1: quantitative people. Yeah,
0: there you go. <laughs> See, numbers. We don't do numbers. But if you listen to what people are saying, you it's amazing what you learn. <laughs>
1: Mic drop. Stop. No more episode yeah, required. Like,
0: sorry. <laughs> no, no, <it's> so <laughs> we, can kind. Like, a, we can take We can take a bit of mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, no, no. I, I, I'm okay with. Hey, that sounds obvious when you say it. But, and <laughs> what, what do you say to organizations that go, well, we have to send a survey because we have a thousand employees. We have five thousand employees. We have geography that stretches from here to the other end of, you know, wherever. <laughs> Which I get it, that's real, but it's also yep. a story that we that would that we tell. And you know, sometimes as a small organization, and I joke, I'm like, well, being small is its disadvantages, but trust me, it certainly has its advantages, but you have to take advantage of them. How do you scale that is oftentimes where we're like, well, we'll put in intelligence and we'll put in AI and we'll let AI figure out if we have a good sentiment with our team members. But it sounds like what I'm hearing from you is, don't forget we're still humans, and humans have communicated with each other a long lot before technology has got in between all that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's... there's- two parts to that so first off how do you do that if you're a big organization if you're a large organization you still have a hierarchy and so everybody has their immediate leader who has their immediate leader and so we get into what we would call cascading communication so make the time and there's another important area in here is there time we're so busy doing do we have the time to focus on these kind of culture areas and and i would suggest that if you're not making time for it you're going to end up further behind and so leaders if your team is eight if your team is 32 you have a slightly different balance going on there and that happens but most cases in a team where you've got 32 direct reports you've also got a line supervisor or somebody that's running with those shifts so Empower everybody. And that might require us to actually stop and think about what does this conversation look like? And, and in that, remember, as humans, every single one of us has an innate need. And we saw this during the pandemic. We have a need to be seen, heard and understood. And that's what drives connection. And that's what drives value. And when you've got those, now I feel different. I feel valued, I am going to do different work for you. If I don't, you're going to get just just what you asked for.
1: And to your point, not a not a new phenomenon, just maybe a new buzzy, buzzy alliteration. Mm-hmm. Back to that about where we feel value and what we're even accountable to, even thinking about this is the quote unquote job we were hired for, mm-hmm. which that even itself is a funny because things move around so much. But I, I kind of skipped over it because I laughed in the way you said it. But I want to unpack it. The death of the, of the job description. We should have held a funeral. What do we do? <laughs> emplo- what, what do we, like It was funny. So you kind of distracted me with how awesome that was, that statement. But I'm like, wait a second. If that's dead, what do I do or what tools or what approach do I take from an employee or employer either side to make sure we at least have a shared understanding? Because that starts to get really conceptual. Which is often the problem with most, like, let's be honest, most job descriptions are either works of fantasy or there was very little effort put into what that person is actually being accountable. But when things go wrong, it's the first thing that gets pulled out. Well, let's go back <laughs> to the job description that was poorly written and, and and like two years ago and not been updated anyways. But we're going to pull that out and then we're going to discipline you based on this imaginary document. What do we do instead? <laughs>
0: Oh, that could be a whole conversation in itself. So, uh, short we got nothing
1: but time. You're in the five-time club. You're running the show here. I'm just along for the ride.
0: So, not true. Um, okay. <laughs> in its in old frame, a job description was the, in, in, truly in its day, the piece of paper that you signed. Now it's something you may be able, you might be able to find it on your screen. I'd have to guess most people can't find it anyway. And that gives us our scope of our job. But what job descriptions don't, track, and they can't, is we do social tasks and we do physical tasks. So there's a task role and a social role. The social role is never written and we don't know the social role until we get in it. And we won't have any information on that social role unless we're talking about it and we're recognizing it. And then how do you do this? So what we know is that jobs are changing all the time. It's really hard to keep up with how everything is changing. And so as jobs change, tasks change. And the other part that happens is I come in, I really want to work for you, Tyler. So I, I do everything I have to do to get in, and I'm here, and now here I am. And and when an adult gets a job, they have been through an algorithm, three interviews, goodness knows how many references to get in the door. So I arrive with my whole skill set, and worst case you say to me, right, this is your box, stay in your box. That's your job, that's your role. Well. I'm claustrophobic at the best of times. so That's not going to work very well for either of us. And so, you know, to your question, what do we do? I think there's real value in looking as a team and, and this just scales up if you're larger. What what does our team do now? What What is our role? What does this look like? What are we focusing on? And who has the strengths and where will we put that? And, and sometimes, so everybody says, well, not everyone's got all the strengths that we need and we're focused on weaknesses, blah, blah, blah. Okay. But who wants to grow in this area? This is emerging for us. Does anybody want that growth piece? And when you talk about engagement, there's nothing better than growth and mastery to push that engagement piece as well. So I don't have an ironclad answer for you. What can we do instead? I like the term job previews. Here's what we think it's going to look like. And we'll revisit that. And I'm a Big fan of teams talking about what's our highest priority. What is it going to take us to get there? How are we going to share that up so that we are all offering value and impact in the areas that we're strong, comfortable choosing to grow.
1: I love the choosing to grow. I might not be strong in that area, but I'm choosing. Yeah. And if I'm in a safe environment, I know you're going to support me when I don't have the answers. Huge. Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely huge. That's a
1: major game changer. Yes this perfectionist belief of you know someone the other day and like oh this little thing was wrong I'm like don't you think that's just part of it they're like well no it should be perfect and uh, I was recently at fuck up nights and I don't like to drop too many f-bombs on this show but occasionally (laughs) um and bunch of entrepreneurs getting up there talking about the illusion of perfection and the illusion of having all the answers versus the reality of what actually goes on I do love those events because you've got a room full of people that are just there cheering you on because they're so excited to normalize normal (laughs) Like that, this this impeccability is ridiculous.
0: (laughs) Yes, and you know we talk about people being allowed to be vulnerable at work, and then everybody gets a little bit scared of that word because they think, oh, deep dark childhood secrets are coming out. But truly, when we talk about vulnerable, and I think I'm stealing Brenny Brown here, but you know those who are not vulnerable are perfect. They're always pleasing, and they're always trying to prove themselves.
1: Yeah, that's yes. Mm -hmm.
0: And that's disconnection again. Like you are not going to get the real version. And, and in order to get to good, we have to fall along the way. And and maybe falling is better than failing. I think I'm pulling them all here. I think that's Simon Sinek, yeah. but, <laughs> no. um falling,
1: falling forward. And my, my business partner always says, you know, if anything's worth being good at, it's worth sucking at it for a while. There you go. <laughs> yes, and I like he, that. And someone who's yeah. become my business partner, a very good uh, public speaker, but there was times where he was literally petrified. I could see him like having a breakdown. And he worked at, and worked at it and worked at it and worked at it and worked at it. And now he's fantastic at it. So yeah. when he says that, I know exactly what he's referring to. And I was able to watch the journey and allow it to happen. And he's like, I'm like, do you want me to do the presentation? He's like, no, I'm going to do it because I got to practice. It's okay. It's, you know, and the stakes are right and it's worth, and like, let's do it. But we made that decision knowing that in the long run, it would absolutely be worth it. Yeah. But that was at a peer to peer level and it was still uncomfortable. It still was, it was still, it was still, it was still hard in all the organizations you're working with, and no, we're not naming names, are you seeing like job previews? Are you seeing that type of behavior? Or are we still a bit dystopian or idyllic with that? Or is it pockets? What What's your boots on, boots on the ground with Jenny? What, what are you
0: seeing? <laughs> <laughs> so honestly, we only get to go to the places that are saying we need some help. So we often don't, don't work with the companies that are doing it, but we they don't hear, invite you
1: in. They don't invite you over for dinner. <laughs> they don't
0: need us. Nope. nope. Yeah, everything, <laughs>
1: everything's, per, everything's perfect over there. We're good.
0: Well, that's debatable too, but you know uh, what? I course. think they're so actually, I,
1: I hope you heard my cynicism. <laughs>
0: I did. I did. And I think they're good at recognizing that it's not. Um, and, and that's not true either. We work with a lot of really cool progressive companies. We do. So what am I saying? I think, I think in most cases we're really connected to what we've always done and so we're constantly just regenerating that and you know and then we wonder why things like quiet quitting are becoming a trend in in, inverted commas again yeah because we're just doing what we did before but it takes it takes a real degree of courage to say we're not going to do this now. We're going to step against the grain of what our industry is doing because we believe it's the best for our people. Mm. That's a huge statement, and we don't hear that an awful lot of the time. There are some. Don't get me wrong. There definitely are some.
1: Because it's hard.
0: It's it really is. hard. And, and it's and when scary, we
1: talk, and it's all those things. Yeah. Mm.
0: And when we talk culture, we talk... You, Culture doesn't just happen, and culture is never. Here's our values that stick them on the wall. Everybody knows that. Like we've we have thankfully moved on beyond truth,
1: honesty, integrity.
0: There you go. (laughs) And and, well, here's a big one in quite quitting. Okay, flexibility. We promote flexibility, but then we say you have to be at work on these days. There's an immediate disconnect in the value for anybody who works for you, and so. And I think as people, we're holding companies more accountable to what they're saying and what they're doing. So when it goes back to culture, it has to be intentional. And you're right, it is absolutely hard work every single day. And if we don't have time for that, we can't do it because you're still pushing us on this, that, and the other. Like so many leaders are actually what we call working leaders. They're still doing a job and a half and being asked to lead people. Yeah, Yeah, That's tough.
1: How many corners do you have off the corner of your desk? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's only four corners and they're already stacked. <laughs> Octagon desk. There's a joke or a Tilbury cartoon. I've recently had, I'll share my own just journey for the sake of transparency. We've gone full remote, which has been the best thing that's happened to us. You know, thank you, COVID. I love it. We learned, we've grew, we changed. It's got its challenges for absolutely, but we are doing everything we can to embrace it. So we've hired some new individuals, new to our culture and taught them very quickly that our culture was transparency. It's okay if you need to take two hours in the afternoon to go and deal with, take pick your kids up from school, no problem, as long as you get your work done, we're really accountable on milestones. and But we, we're we on Slack, so we've got lots of transparency. So I, as the leader, I'm on, this, I'm on the Slack channel, I'm on the out of office and notifications channel. And I had one individual, relatively new hire, oh, I'm gonna be gone for two hours, I'm gonna be gone for an hour, I'm gonna be gone here. And it just started to climb up the back of my spine. Mm. And I was like, okay, this is an opportunity for you, Tyler, to one, like look at your own belief structures. So through lessons learned, I did not reach out to the individual. I reached out to the team, uh, specifically the managers around him who I've worked worked with for years. I said, hey, this is bugging me. Should it? They're like, absolutely not. This individual gets jobs done. He's super, he, she is amazingly reliable. And they're living the culture that we told them we were all about. And I was like, that's awesome. Great learning for me. Stop letting that. That does not need to bother me anymore. That's an old belief structure. But it was very palatable. And I saw the moment and I wanted to indulge it. And I was like, nope, stop, stop, stop. But it was really tough. It was a really tough moment for me to really be confronted with. No, this is the culture we have. Oh, shit. My old beliefs are still very firmly entrenched. Of, you need to do this. And th- this is what being a good whatever, like citizen, mm-hmm. corporate citizen, <laughs> I'm going to use that word, looks like. And it was a struggle. Like I wrestled with it. And I was happy to get the other side and go, Whew. learning moment you didn't blow it it's nice work keep moving forward <laughs> but it was a moment for sure it was very real and i'm just sharing that because like just because you're a leader you guaranteed just because you're a leader you don't have all the answers but uh, sometimes you got to confront your own beliefs and it's uncomfortable
0: <laughs> it, it is and let's just celebrate a second there and blow your trumpet for you because one <laughs> you stopped and recognized it two you asked really good questions and three those people that you asked had no problem telling you how it really was. So full credit all the way around. And how often do those conversations not happen? Which comes right back to where we I think, you know, where where this sits is it's about making time for the conversations that matter. And then we're back to that foundation of trust and psychological safety because if I trust you that conversation is different if i don't trust you to whatever yeah. element, we've got some kind of sort of resistance there
1: it is thank you thank you for the feedback i do appreciate that it did make, <laughs> it, once i got out of my own way all of a sudden i got there really go. excited yeah. yeah i got really excited because that's what we said we were going to do that's the yes. culture we said we wanted to create and then all of a sudden like you can put, you can put values on the walls, but observable behaviors, that's your culture. Like don't kid yourself.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> and when I observed
1: yeah. him, this individual doing exactly what we said, what we empowered him to do. And then we put in the tools and created the transparency. So everybody knew and no one was, no one was like, oh, where's so-and-so I need this. Nope, they already asked, they checked, they're gonna be gone, they'll be back an hour. Like it removes the friction and the, and the created. But yeah, it was still, it was still an interesting, it was still an interesting little journey. Um,
0: and, and learning is really hard. And, learning. and you and you nailed it, like, especially when it's attached to the beliefs that we've held for so long. But we create those beliefs so we can create different ones. And, and the other piece that's important for your listeners that that you mentioned there is the accountability. So there are you know that there, there is something that we're getting to often when you work in the world of soft skills, power skills, hu- human skills, whatever you call them. People think that accountability goes out the window and it's a fun fest and it's just having besties at work. And it's not. It's 100% accountability that drives that performance. And and for that person, I'm going to hazard a guess, you get great performance from them when you start to look at it because they're doing it their way.
1: Which is exactly what my team said. Like, whoa, no, Tyler, do not... Don't even let that idea get any traction in your mind. That's not the case. And by the way, this is exactly what we gave them permission and set them up to be able to work in that they got really excited about it, partially why they even joined the team. Like that was something that was identified in the conversation process. I love, and this was a a bit of an older individual, so he was also very clear of this is what I value and this is why I really love this. And this is where, you know, so that wasn't even dialogue that we had in the process. Part of being remote and people, you know, I've had a lot of friends that aren't, they go, oh, it must be so challenging. I said, well... It is because there's real things, but also the people that we're hiring have already chosen that that's a model they like. Mm-hmm. So they're choosing to join us and be part of the team knowing what they're getting into. Some of those things they might be missing, like, oh man, I really miss the office. They go, yeah, but I've identified that this is way better for me in my mm-hmm. life and being a dad and being someone who's involved with his family, and which I think is great. That's an amazing way to say, what's your culture at, at your company? Well, it's not all the things that the CEO might say. It's like, what do actually your team members truly value? <laughs> I had that conversation and it was like, I get to do my ironing during the middle of the day while I'm on a call. I get to not have a commute. And it's like (laughs) the things you would never, ever put in (laughs) in a million years on like, this is what our culture is, is the freedom to actually live your life while getting some cool shit done in in areas that you're actually passionate about. What a novel idea. Yeah, (laughs) And I'm not touting our culture. It's a work in progress. And a couple of years ago, it was not good and it was kind of messy. So I'm excited to be on the journey, but it is not without its learning opportunities.
0: (laughs) Perfect speak, Tyler. Perfect. Um,
1: I'm working on it, Jenny. I've been listening to a lot of Jenny Gilbert episodes. My
0: shit together. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs>
1: um, also, and this is, I, I think we end up here. I'll, there are some patterns in our conversations. Mm-hmm. Part of being human and being at work and not knowing if it's your end all and be all and going, ah, you know what? I don't feel like I'm, I'm cared for here. And mm-hmm. you know what? I'm questioning my life and I'm looking at, maybe I want a side hustle or maybe I, you know, I've read like, oh, you think quiet, quiet quitting's bad. Side hustle's what you really need to be worried about. With Gary Vee, I think that was one of his rants. But I appreciate a, a headline that gets clicks versus maybe what's going on here. But also, are we just on a journey as humans where the last few years have really forced us or allowed us or created an opportunity for us to take stock back to the human messiness of forget about jobs and employers, just humans going, man, what is actually important to me? The rat race, the treadmill, all those jokes that we, that we all know. And you go, yeah, yeah, I'm in the rat race, but I'm going to jump right back in the maze. People are kind of opting out of the maze in the same way. And is this just also part of that coming more uh, top of mind for our society because of what the last couple of years has forced everybody to relook at?
0: I think it is. I I don't have the research to, to say yes to to your question, but when I look at the people that I collide with and connect with on a weekly basis, there's, there's the whole mix. And I think that's what's really important. This isn't a blanket statement. So some people absolutely have been put in that position where they've realized, oh, okay, there's more than life more to life than what I was doing before. Um, some were at home with their kids and reunited a relationship, not just kids with their family perhaps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's where that sentiment might come from. And some just couldn't think of anything worse and have to get back to the office and back to back to the people. And I think what we've got is actually a true turbulence where we're all just trying to find what the next version of normal is. And that's such a horrible statement, Mm -hmm. but we don't know. And so we're all kind of bobbing around in here, working to figure it out. And the other part that I think we have to um, be aware of too is this quiet quitting and the idea of, not the idea, the true concept of burnout. And, And some people are done. And I think that, you know, for leaders and for organizations, understanding what done means. And when we say rest, like we always sort of burn out. That's on the we always want to blame the people like it's on the person. Get more sleep, get more heat properly. You'll be fine. And and actually when we look at rest, excuse me, there's there's not just the physical rest, but we need mental rest. We need creative rest. We need we're all under pressure. That social media like can you actually turn off for a day? (laughs) Yeah, that's hard to do for some people. Sit
1: back, so. relax, listen to a podcast, maybe. <laughs> this is a suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> no, th- there's so much vying for our time and, you know, yes. chemically, neurologically, yep. like you, you know, you read articles from CEOs of, of, of social media platforms that won't let their kids use the platforms. There's a reality going on and there's a lot of really, really good, well thought out tech that is vying for every stitch of attention you might be able yes. to muster or not. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's just real. I think we all know it as we reach for our phones.
0: <laughs> we do. And, and still, though, we reach for our phones.
1: hundred percent as I see my phone. I did I did put it on airplane mode beforehand because I listened to this was a few years ago, but it was Rick Mercer doing his back alley kind of yeah. rants that he does, yeah. talking about the fact that he has to put his phone in his trunk because he just had to realize he had no willpower because I have to see what Jenny had for dinner. And if that gets texting while I'm driving, I'm going to look at it. Oh, and I really appreciated it. And that was the moment I'm like, yep, you're right. I'm not... I, phone is it's that the drive and the dopamine and the clicks and the hits it's stronger than i am so if i don't want to use it i need to push it away or turn it off and just the way he presented it of like who do i to think that i can outsmart this i can't and it was just so something you know we're like hmm, permission permission to admit that you don't have some kind of superpowers to resist it to resist its strength
0: <laughs> yeah and the end of the day it's their job to pull us oh, in it's our job to say hmm, not for now
1: I think it's Gollum looking at the ring and lord is <laughs>
0: Yeah, go mm. <laughs>
1: my precious <laughs> sorry i've been watching uh the new lord of the rings and the new game of thrones seeing who's who's did a better job coming out and turning it into a tv series it's been uh, it's been interesting it took a few episodes to get going but lord of the rings i think is working out <laughs> my wife okay. is a big fantasy fan so even if i am or not i watch lots of it and, I, and i've chosen to enjoy it
0: <laughs> I, I just heard your recommendation then
1: yeah, hundred percent. I would, uh, I definitely Game of Thrones. I would say I'd give it a little bit more. But if you get through the first three episodes of uh, Lord of the Rings, it starts to get better. They make you, they make you kind of dig and go, okay, where is this? Where is this going? Do I care? got <laughs> kind of loopy a little bit. I don't usually do um, a film and TV reviews, but occasionally on my, on my episodes, <laughs> with Jenny, I just like to slip them in. Here's one. I always, I joke, if people are still listening thirty five minutes in. They're kind of into us. Maybe I'm getting, I'm going to guess So they're like, when are you guys going to get to the point? Any recommendations for people that are, you know, in a leadership role? I think I ask you this every time at the end to really, and you have certainly, we've peppered them throughout, but any really mm-hmm. tangible, like, hey, if you think this is a reality or if there's someone in your organization, or if it's you, if it's you yourself mm-hmm. going, oh shit, I didn't really know how to name what I was feeling, but this is a name. What, 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 what do we do next? <laughs> Besides go and have a conversation, which I think is the, is, the, is the easy, but really hard one. Any other thoughts or any other strategies you can kind of put out there for people to turn this into actionable items on a Monday or whenever they get back to the office?
0: Tyler, I'm going to let you down here. I think it's all about the conversation.
1: Okay. Um, oh, you, you never let me down, Jenny. Don't say yeah.
0: that. <laughs> so I, I think the first one, whether you're a leader or whether you're an employee going through it or whether you're a leader going through it too, is is mm-hmm. take the pause. Like we say this a lot, value the pause, just stop. And, and there's you know there, there's a ton of noise going on in your own head. There's a ton of noise in your company or in your world. And, and just find the space in between those two for a minute and, and take a look at this. Like, are you burnt out? Are you disillusioned? What are you actually asking for? Like, what, what is it that you want? And can you put some, some thought around that? And then if you're the person in it and you want to have a conversation, I said it before, like I would rather have a loud quitter than a quiet quitter. So what do I need to have that conversation, that assertiveness? And, you know, in the back of my head too, remember, you're not a tree, so you're not stuck. You don't have to stay where you are. And that's part of that sort of real piece of getting to what is the issue here? And then if you're a leader and you choose to like, okay, so I got to talk to my people, you're going to need space and you're going to need time for those conversations. And then one of the best sort of, what's the word I want? sort of visual pieces on that is um john amici said he said swivel your chair are you prepared to turn your chair and lean in and have that conversation Mm. and when you have it your job is to listen like generously listen not defend not protect not suggest just listen what's going on and what do they need and then the other step is i think looking at the environment that we're creating so if you are driving 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 towards metrics there's nothing wrong with metrics we've talked about accountability but remember the people and people are driven by emotion not numbers even the data people have feelings and there are so, some engineers
1: on here that are like, no, she doesn't know me. I don't care about that.
0: <laughs> hey, my dad's an engineer, so I can, I can lean in there fully.
1: No, I, 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 I hear you. In marketing, oftentimes, especially working in B2B or industrial, it's like, no, we're going to give them facts. I was like, yes, but humans make decisions on emotions. That's ridiculous. I'm like, okay. You also make it. I've, I've had this, this colorful uh, charge debate many, many times.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so um, that, those would be the focus areas, I think.
1: Okay. I love the word. I love it. Generously listen. That's yes. really cool. That's that's. I love when you bolt words together that don't always hang out together. And the play around that. It's not an alliteration. It's not that cool. But generously listen is, wow, how to actually show up and be generous with that, which means your attention, your time, your energy, your suspension of your own beliefs. It's something I thought I would add in that just was resonating to me when you were talking. So it was the it was, it was story I heard last night at Fuck Up Nights from Connor Curran and uh, Dustin Paisley, who own Local Laundry. And they're a five-person team. And someone asked about you know, once you've been burned so many times and as an entrepreneur, like how do you trust specifically around employees? And they talked about, you know, they had their, their first long-term employee resign and they're like how traumatizing that was for them. But they very quickly identified that that individual had a path to go on and it was no longer their path. And that was okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what they did, because they're in the, the clothing business, they actually took a sweater, they put her name on the top, and they actually ho- hoisted it into the rafters and they let every new employee know that that's how we treat people here that decide to move on if they ever come back we pull your shirt out of the rafters and we put you back in the game and I, the audience loved it and it was yes. one of the best stories of you know because when you're a small organization it's like you you've you, you got broken up with like it's you're somebody you you know and oh. it's okay that person can be free to make other choices and i love the alumni approach of like hey if you decide to come back down the road and we have an opportunity come in come and see us Versus like the abandonment and the anger and the, 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 the offended that shows up. But I love the retiring the jersey. Of what, and it was obviously, oh, and yeah. talk to me about a new employee coming in and seeing that story and going, wow, did I choose the right place or what?
0: Mm-hmm. It, <laughs> so it I, I loved it. Yeah. I never heard anything love quite it. as
1: awesome as the retiring the jersey into the rafters.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's it. very cool.
1: You know and giving it's, it's 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 okay maybe maybe we could go date other people for a while and get back together this this whole if you don't work for me i'm now somehow been violated that doesn't set us up for good conversations either right mm. no it's okay we, we're going to move on statistically it says we're going to move on way more frequently than we ever have actually
0: <laughs> oh huge yes the days of your entire career with one employee are long gone
1: yes no, yeah. no, but, but it's amazing how Reality changes faster than our beliefs about it. <laughs> you know, boom, another episode already setting up right
0: there. There you go.
1: Jenny, thank you so much, as always, for coming on and um, humoring me five times now to come on the show. And, My pleasure. And, and go down the rabbit hole of a topic that I am very curious about and you are incredibly passionate and educated about. And I find it an absolute privilege to have these conversations with you. So thank you.
0: Me too. Thank you so much, Tyler.
1: And if anybody wants to find you, Google's an amazing tool. I don't need to lay out all the places. Go check it out. Please reach out and engage in a conversation. It's amazing every time. Thank you, Jenny.
0: Thank you, Tyler.